Hello, and welcome to the podcast, Out of Five Stars, a weekly book review podcast. We're your hosts, Jess and Jess. I am the Jess over in the Pacific Northwest. And I'm the Jess over here in Louisville, Kentucky. Each week, we sit down with a drink in one hand and a mic in the other to talk about all things bookish. And this month, well, specifically this week, we're continuing our celebration of Pride Month. Uh, last last week was Honey Girl by Morgan Rogers, and this week it is the book called This Is How It Always Is by Lori Frankel, which came out in January of 2017 and currently has a 4.25 on Goodreads, and that's one of the ones, like one of the higher rated ones on Goodreads that we've read, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's definitely way up there. And I forgot to put this in there, but I guess we should preface this by saying Lori Frankel herself is um, a, a straight mother who is raising a trans uh, daughter and wrote a book about a trans character. So that's that's why we put this one into the Pride Month book. So not like a LGBTQ author, but someone who's writing about those topics and is very closely um, aligned with with all of that. So the story uh, that this book follows is the story of a family, and they discover that their youngest son wants to be a girl when he grows up. Uh, it's loosely inspired by Frankel's own transgender child. So that's kind of what I mentioned before, is she's currently raising a trans daughter and based the book around that. Though it looks like she only has one child, so not of a full freaking household of Yeah, because the characters um, was like five, five, five. sons, five mm-hmm. sons. Um, yeah, so a family of seven. But before we get into all of that and this whole like book stuff, uh, what do you what are you drinking today, Jessica? I'm drinking a bubble water. I'm drinking aha. Uh, which flavor is this one? blueberry pomegranate it's really good i've been drinking these the ones with like caffeine in it um to try and not drink as many coffees in a day and those are really good and this one doesn't have caffeine it's just straight up bubbly water so uh pretty tasty pretty fun for spring summer what about you what are you drinking i already saw it Uh, yeah i'm drinking spindrift lime I was like almost tempted to put a little bit of vodka in there but I just finished working out before we started recording this I was like well maybe I'll be good and save the calories for next week which is the recording of my birthday episode so yeah that'll be that'll be next week um so before we start going into like everything that is this book I had a question because this was one of the ones that you had on your radar and we wanted to do something that was a transgender story, not necessarily of specifically the person, just anything that had to do with that topic. So looking around Goodreads, I saw this book and I knew you had it on your list, but the, the cover that I saw was the one with the orange peel. Yeah. Is that the one that you saw first? No. So this is something that I feel like we should always talk about the covers immediately. And this is something that 
capitalist fucking book corporations want us to lose all of our money because one, they, I think, always make the hardcover the cooler cover. Mm -hmm. Right? Like every single time I see a cover, the hardcover is the better cover. A lot of the times the hardcover and the um, paperback are going to be the same cover, but not always. And I feel like the way that it's going is... Uh, you know, publishing companies are putting out the hardcover book before they put out a paperback and they just let the hardcover sit out there. So everyone, if you really wanted to read that book, you're going to have to buy the hardcover and the one with that that, more, yeah, more attractive. They're going to make it more appealing, more attractive because they want people to spend more money on a hardcover. This is, this is just my, like my, I don't know. I'm, I, nothing we haven't done any this. research. I no, yeah, <laughs> I have no research. Yeah. But this is what I think is happening: is these companies want us to like shell out our money, and so they're making the cooler cover on the hard copy. They leave the hard copy out for a while, and then they release the paperback version, which is really annoying. So, anyways, we were a little confused because I think on most of our lists and things like that, we see the cool cover. Not that the other one isn't cool; it's just more appealing to the eye. It's like an orange peel, just the peel with the title kind of intertwined like yeah. Vogue style through it. And then the other and, one is the blue yeah, cover the other with one like is stars and a little yep. child with fairy wings. wings. So did you see that mm-hmm. the, that one with the fairy wings first? No, I, I definitely saw the orange peel one first. And then I got this as a library book. And I think not the physical copy. I got um, an e-copy and I also got the aud- audible library book version so both of those came as the blue cover with the kid and the fairy wings okay which i don't really like that cover as much i i don't either so when i i had seen the blue cover before and i'm like this isn't a book that i would be interested in and then months later when i had gone back to look for a book for us to read um, I saw this cover and I was like, ooh, this is really great. And then you know how in Goodreads you scroll down and they show like the pictures of all the covers that it has? Yeah. It was the blue Fair. one. I was oh. like, oh, interesting. The, I didn't want to read that one. But now that it's the orange peel cover, which I don't know that it has anything to do with the book. I don't think they mentioned oranges at all. No, there's not a single mention But it was very attractive. And I was like, ooh, I want to read. I want to read this one now. So, yeah, that's, I think that's weird. And I, I would love to do more research on this and see if it's like a real thing, but I think they're putting out those hardcover copies out first where they really get you with the spending. If you really wanted to read it, you're going to get the hardcover copy because usually the hardcover comes out before your library will get it. And so if it's just something that you're really excited, you're like, all right, fine, I'll get the hardcover. But I know there's people out there who only get hardcover books. Yeah. Um, So another question I had, because we both did the read and the follow along reading with the audio cover, with the audio version. Did you like following along? Do you think that if you had just read it, you wouldn't have found it as interesting? Did you find it interesting? I guess there's a lot of questions in that question, but I really want to know. There is. This was the first time I did this on my own where I like I fully read along the whole book while listening to it, except for like a couple times when I was listening to it while I was going for a walk or a hike. Um, I am glad I started it with reading along because the writing style is unique 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think we'll probably talk about that when we get into the book a little bit more, but it's a different type of writing that I wasn't used to, so I'm glad I could see it and hear it, mm-hmm. but I don't think it was something I needed to to have to enjoy the book. Okay, because I really, I I feel the same way that if I had just started reading it myself without, well, I guess opposite you. If I started reading it, I feel like I would have gotten a little bit bored trying to read and understand. Whereas like listening to it, I'm like, okay, this is going on and she's going fast. And so my brain has to catch up with all of the words that they're saying and I'm looking at. But I feel like if I was reading it, I would have kind of just dozed off and been like, oh, oh yeah, that's right. Like I'm, I'm supposed to be reading this book. Cause yeah, yeah. cause you're right. It okay. was, it was very unique writing style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think we've ever read a book with this type of writing style. I, I wrote it down as like long-winded clinical style writing, which seems really weird for the the topic that this book surrounds, you know, trans, transgender children. Seems like, especially if you're not a doctor, you shouldn't take such a clinical view of a lot of things. But the one of the main characters is a doctor, so I could see, and it's kind of told from Rosie's point of view. I couldn't really tell whose point of view it was told from, but it felt like it was Rosie's point yeah. of view. She's the doctor, so we're taking this very long-winded, clinical, uh, almost blunt view and tone the whole time. So it's a very, I felt, blunt tone throughout the book. So there, we mentioned earlier, there are a lot of characters in this book. And like you mentioned, Rosie is the mom and she's the doctor. And then her husband, Penn, is the stay-at-home dad slash writer. And they each have, well, and they have together as a family, they have five kids. It's Rue, Ben, Orion, Rigel, and Claude. And I think Dang, it's- Dang, you did really good. In that order. I know. I was like, it's a lot yeah. of them. So it is. There was a lot of boys and a lot of just children in general going on. Did you? Because I know you're mm-hmm. not like somebody that likes children in books. So how was that for you? <laughs> Good save. Um, you know, the story focused on Rosie and her opinions and her feelings, and it wasn't like, oh, look at my special child. Look, you know, it's it wasn't like preachy in that way so it that didn't bother me when when children are characters in a story to like help forward the story I don't mind them <laughs> like I loved I loved the little kid in um American, American Dirt, Dirt. Mm-hmm. if the children have a purpose literary purpose to move <laughs> the story forward I don't mind them there um and all of the boys kind of played their own in independent different role especially with the move the family does later on in mm-hmm. the in the story. So I yeah, I I appreciated the kids and I'm Did you think it was not too a many? Child hater. I'm not the Grinch. For me personally, yes. I think for the story. It's for too many children. Oh no. I thought it it was needed. Yeah. I mean that's the you know, I feel like a lot of people do that too. They keep trying until they have one boy and one girl, you know? So mm-hmm. like a lot of the times when people have, you know, two boys are like, all right, third time's a charm. Let's get that girl. And they just keep going until they try and get the girl. Um, So I think it's very realistic. 
In this case, the third the time, the charms was twins. Yeah, twin boys. So mm-hmm. that was fun. What did you think about all the kids in it? Did you like hearing them, hearing their their background, their story, their opinions in it? Or did you think they were not not necessary in the story? I, you know, I really liked all of the kids. It was it was fine. I think they all held up their own. Um, Orion and Rigel, which are the twins, they were very comical. And mm-hmm. um, I thought it was funny that they they named one of them just like a regular name, which was Ben. That was yeah. cute. Um, there was a little bit of bouncing around in the book between like when Rosie and Penn first met, first meet and like they're dating and then it bounces around a little bit to like a different part of their life when they're when they're growing up and they had they had Claude already and the children and then it goes back to when they when they are dating was that because that's something else that we have talked about before that we don't like the bouncing around in timelines did that bother you at all because it didn't bother me I think the author did it fairly well it was it like oh what the heck am I reading now you know like where are we in time yeah I I agree it was so well written that the, the flashbacks were very seamless throughout the story. There wasn't a whole lot of them and they were very pertinent to whatever situation was happening. So I didn't get confused by any of them. They made sense to further, you know, what was happening and the thought process for Rosie. Cause so many times it's like you're inside Rosie's head. So you're kind of understanding what she's thinking. So of course she's going to think back to like that time or this time. And, and you get to see that thought that Rosie's happening. So, yeah. I wasn't upset with it. Yeah. With the flashbacks or anything like that. Um, so I I came up with like a couple little questions and kind of pulled from some other places that had book club questions because this book, this is like a fire pick for a book club. Yeah. Honestly. It's like so many, you're so many people are going to be having things to talk about. Yeah, you I know. I know. I've just, I've just been day. pulling questions out of my butt because there's so many questions mm-hmm. that I, I do want to talk to you about. And I don't know, there's infinite, we could go on for like two and a half hours, three hours probably, but it's, don't worry guys. Like it's not going to be that long. We'll keep it the same length. So when Claude, Claude is the youngest, when Claude begins to voice his love of dresses, Rosie tells us, didn't you know, then the doctor said later, Weren't you listening? Do you think our expectations of people, such as Rosie and Penn's expectations of Claude, get in the way of us actually listening to them, knowing them? So, like, did you think, did you think that Rosie like missed something early on, or did you think that wasn't even a big deal that Claude began begun wanting to wear dresses and do more quote unquote feminine type activities? At, I think like at three was when they noticed that Claude started leaning towards more the feminine side of, um, of dress and play. Did I, did I notice it? Is that what the question was? Well, do you think that Rosie and Penn expectation, like their expectations of Claude were getting in the way of him because they're so understanding. They're like, ultimate parents they seemed almost a little too fake in that regard because when Claude is starting to say like oh I want to wear dresses oh I want to play with dolls like 
do you think their expectations of you know free children living got in the their way bef- like they they missed that he was trans younger um, you know what I mean I think that I think that's a very hard question maybe maybe but I know it depends they they seemed very like you said liberal and just very understanding if it was a different set of parents they they would have been like no you can't do that but because also it's their fifth kid you know how like when you see parents like oh the first kid they're very protective of them and then the second and the third and then it's like the fifth it's like well we've gone through this Mm -hmm. yeah it's fine and they did go like the author did say that Rigel and Orion did like they wanted to wear wear weird stuff too and play dress up so it wasn't like it seems something that kids boys normally some normally did maybe they were two good parents mm-hmm. i think and they did mention that in the book yeah. a lot like we parented too well we accepted too much but isn't that kind mm-hmm. of what a good kid would have like good, that good parents never being afraid to like tell your parents that kind of stuff yeah but in the same vein like if you protect them too much aren't you setting them up for failure later on Mm -hmm. like if you don't let them actually see the you know the bad stuff that's going to happen or like you know let them fall down and cry it out on their own i just an example or like you know if you don't let them have those experiences and then it finally happens when it's out of your control and far away from you, it's going to like be 10 times worse. Yeah. And that's what we found with Poppy too, is like when Poppy finally got made fun of for being, you know, Poppy, it was too far gone. It was too far away, too late. Poppy wasn't prepared for it, you know, but if they would have opened up and been more truthful in the beginning, Poppy would have been maybe better equipped to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, for the listeners that haven't read the book, Claude, you know, starts wearing dresses. He wants to go to school in a dress. And eventually, I think it's like first something grade, he changes his name to yeah, Poppy. Yeah, first grade. And, and wears a dress to school. And wears dresses to school and like goes to the bathroom in the nurse's office because he can't choose between like – or you know, the the school doesn't want him to go between boy bathroom, girl bathroom. So they say it's fine to just go. And um, when he was Claude, they did notice how um, shy he was, how sad he was. He, he didn't have very many friends and something to me that was heartbreaking when I read it. And I think a lot of like psychologists do this, like child psychologists is they say like, hey, draw a picture of your family and the kids will draw and they they make themselves like really small or, you know, whatnot. And Penn, which is the dad, he was able to get all of the drawings that he that Claude had done in kindergarten and he put them in like a chronological order and in each drawing he keeps getting like he draws him, himself and his family smaller well he draws himself and his family he draws himself but he smaller. draws himself smaller and smaller and smaller until like at some point you can't really see 
where he is in the photo anymore. And I thought I was, I was reading that and I was like, oh my gosh, my, like my heart is breaking for this kid because he, he can't be who he really wants to be. I don't know where I was yeah. going with that, but yeah. No. It, yeah. That was really sad. There was a lot of things that were, were just little tidbits um, that if you never met a, child who was trans that you would never even think about like the fact that his only friend when he was a boy just decided he didn't want to be his friend when he became poppy not because he was like against poppy but he was like why didn't the friend was like why didn't you tell me you were a girl you know and kids are just so blunt and face value at things and that's what happened later on to poppy too was like her her best friend was like why didn't you just tell me like that you that you were a girl with a penis yeah right yeah so kid like to a lot of kids i'm not gonna say all kids but to a lot of kids they just they don't really care um so they're just like whatever why didn't you tell us um i actually have like a really funny story that uh I'm, i'm obviously not a trans person but when i was younger i used to shave my head all the time every summer and you know before girls develop they all look the same. We all look the same. So when I was in school, a lot of kids thought I was a boy just because I, you don't really talk about like, are you a boy or are you a girl? But because I had short, like buzz cut hair, just people assumed I was a boy. Mm-hmm. And one summer, so the, my school was right by our public park and there was a pool at the public park. I think you know where this is going, but like I show up in a pink bikini and everyone was like, why are you wearing a girl's swimsuit? Like what's going on? And I was just like, well, I'm, I'm a girl. So like, I like my pink swimsuit. Like I'm going to wear my pink swimsuit because I'm a girl. And a few boys had like gone a whole year thinking I was a boy and like talking to me like I was a boy and telling me like what girl they told me like what girl they liked. And I would always just go tell girls like oh so and so likes you like just be a little did they not know your name and they were like it was like kids from other classes okay 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 so it was like kids in my class knew I was just a girl who had shaved her head but all these boys who weren't in my class like would tell me things and like play with me when we were playing sports and then I would just go back to my classroom and tell these girls and my mom thought it was like my mom hated that I shaved my head all the time but she thought it was the funniest thing ever (laughs) that all these boys were like mortified they were like she's a girl she's wearing a girl swimsuit she's a girl (laughs) like freaking out because they were just they had gone a whole year thinking it was only happened the first year I shaved my head but they went a whole year thinking I was just a boy and it was just something that happened anyways that's my little story it has absolutely nothing to do with the story other than like kids don't really care yeah but <laughs> when they find out that you've lied to them that's when then they they're care. like why'd you lie to me yeah <laughs> yeah they're like why'd you lie to me about that um so poppy grows up in this community in Wisconsin and you know only thing I really did like about this book is they make Wisconsin out to be this like backwoods redneck like country bumpkin kind mm-hmm. of place, which it's it's really not. Um, but essentially, they they grow up where everyone knows Poppy was Claude. Yes. So there's this whole thing where like everyone knows, everyone knows, and stares and then at them. That weird. comes with things like 
stares at them or says, oh, you're so brave or, oh, she's so brave. And and Rosie's like, it's not brave to be a parent. Like, I'm just parenting. And that's great. Thumbs up. But what happens is, like, so all these people go into it knowing Poppy is, is a trans girl. Poppy has a penis. Poppy can't use the bathroom with the girls. Poppy can't do this or that and they start making all these rules and things like that where you know a lot of parents are like well I I don't want trans kids on the the sport team that they identify with um poppy was going to be going to middle school eventually where they finally do co not co-ed oh my god they do showers Mm -hmm. after gym and so there was a whole thing where like well where is she gonna where's poppy gonna shower where is she gonna shower and so there's all this thing, all these things that were coming up, like how they were trying to figure out how they were going to deal with this. And the like breaking point for the family was Rosie had a patient mm-hmm. in the ER that was a trans woman who got brutally beaten and shot and, for being yeah, a trans and woman and get, like getting in a tussle at a college party, frat mm-hmm. party. So Rosie's, yeah. So Rosie's like, we're leaving and we're going to start over. And we're going to keep every uh, the whole past a secret and just start over as as this is Poppy, yeah. our daughter. And this was in um, Seattle. She kind of messes that up when they get. But this was. Yeah, so, of course, they, they choose they the most moved, liberal, beautiful place, Seattle. They moved um, when Poppy was in first grade. Not in fifth yeah. grade. I, th- I think at some point. Oh, no, no, yeah. no. I just meant like they were like thinking about what. Oh, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. How will they. How will they mm-hmm. address that when that happens? Because everyone already knows Poppy. They know Poppy's story. So there's going to be issues with people saying like, oh, we don't want Poppy on the girls. Team. Yeah. Whatever team or Poppy can't shower in the wherever or whatever. And they just didn't know how that was going to happen or be dealt with. And then on top of that, after seeing Jane Doe, which was that um, trans woman who died in the ER with Rosie, she was like, we're Wisconsin's mm-hmm. not safe. Yeah, so then. Which I'm only laughing at because I just had to look up the statistics last year. Um, Washington State had one incident of a trans woman being um, murdered. Wisconsin didn't have any. That's just last year, and I couldn't find any more <laughs> statistics on it. But the Midwest is nice and friendly, generally. generally. <laughs> Don't hate on Wisconsin. Um, I love Wisconsin. Yeah, so they do. They do Anywho's. move. So Seattle, they go to Seattle. And I thought that was funny. And I ended up looking up the author is living in Seattle, so it makes sense. I feel like in we've Seattle. had a couple books that are based in out in Seattle, which I think is is pretty funny since we oh, yeah. were both I used to live in the Pacific Northwest. You live in the Pacific Northwest. Um Seattle's a great place. Yeah. Very welcoming. So they never really have, like, a full discussion on, like, okay, here's the game plan. Everyone stick to this. But they essentially decided Poppy's past is a secret. You can't talk about Poppy's past. Poppy is Poppy, and we're going to move forward with that. Unfortunately, though. Do you think they decided, or do you think the neighbors decided for them? I was Ooh. just going to bring that up. So they that was the plan. Like they had mentioned, like, we're just going to move somewhere, start over. And immediately when the next door neighbors come over, Rosie just kerfuffles that whole plan. And she's like, I have five boys. Well, four and a half. Well, Poppy used to be a boy. And I was like, 
Rosie, what what are you doing? Why are you making this so awkward? <laughs> like she and then there was like this weird interaction with the wine bottle and the cookies and and she was like, uh, uh, I have four and a half boys. I don't mm-hmm. know what to say. And the parents were just like, okay, what's wrong with this lady? Why is she talking like this? So that was just a really weird thing that happened. I was like, what? Didn't you decide you were going to move to Seattle to keep the Right, and that's what Penn and- brings up too, which when he comes over, he's like, oh, I thought we were, this is the whole reason that we moved to Seattle was so that, you know, no one knew no and one they knew. would be safe. But it was it was all kind of iffy, like, yeah, we want to move. But they also moved Seattle because Seattle's more accepting. But if nobody's so going to know, that, then. Yeah, so weird hypocrisy. And the only one who really called him on it um, was Rue. the oldest mm-hmm. boy, right? Yeah. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Rue is the only one who didn't want to move. Because Rue was he having was a great time of all the clubs. in Wisconsin, was like on the football mm-hmm. team. He was doing really good in his uh, band, all this kind of stuff. And so Rosie, Rosie, <laughs> Rosie felt really guilty for moving Rue because when Rue gets out to Seattle, he can't join. He doesn't want to football because they've already got yeah. right, right, right. He doesn't want to. They've already got that player, and they've already got a runner-up. He doesn't want to join band because he wouldn't be where he was at in the level wise. And it would be really weird if he joined band and he's not the president of anything because no one knows him. So he like has the worst time moving. And Rosie feels really guilty for moving her whole family to protect one kid when the other kid she thinks is like on the verge of suicide at some times because he's so depressed and like doesn't have any friends and isn't doing anything. And uh, Rosie has to talk to her mom, Carmelo about it. And Carmelo says, quote, parents choose one kid over the other all the time. Yeah. So you being a child of um, not onlyness, you're not an only child. Do you agree with that? Do you think parents always choose one kid over the other? Maybe. Like, um, preferring them. Not prefer. I, I guess not preferring them. Just. Oh, who was preferred more? You or your brother? I think my brother. Because he was the young, the younger one. I was, by the time he was born, I was old news, you know, and I, they were always stricter on me than they were on him when we were the same age. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I would say so. Yeah. You you kind of, I think it's a natural thing. Like parents will say, me not not having any children, parents will say, I don't have a favorite, but I have dogs, right? And I would say like, my favorite changes. Sometimes my dog Bella is my favorite. And other times she's an annoying little bitch and I can't stand her. And then sometimes Lily is an annoying little bitch and I can't stand her, but sometimes she's my favorite. And it just, it just switches. All the time. So they've got favorites, and uh, you choose one over the other all the time. Oh, yeah. Chris, I, mean, Chris will I, ask I me, agree more with how Rosie described it. Chris will ask what, what me. It, well, okay. He'll ask me. He's like, which one's your favorite this week? Because it, it changes. It changes weekly? Not weekly. Just like every once in a while, it changes. Poyo's lucky. Poyo, he's an worry. only dog. You're my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, he's my only puppy. You're my favorite, buddy. Um. 
I agree more with like how Rosie put it, you know, is she would definitely uproot her whole family of seven if the needs and safety of one wasn't being met somewhere. Yeah. You know, she, she was trying to spin it like, I, I'm not putting, you know, I'm not choosing Poppy. I'm, it, but if the safety of Poppy is hindered here in Wisconsin, we're going to move everyone. Yeah. So. so you mentioned Carmelo. Yeah. Carmelo, Grammy. Did you I like loved her? her. Yeah. She was so supportive. Yeah, she, she was, was sassy so progressive. and supportive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, loved her. She was a great character. I really liked her. I felt like she was written really relatable and like loving and just like that that kooky. grandma that everyone kooky. needs. She's kind of kooky. Yeah, who's kooky, keeps it keeps it straight, keeps it narrow, like keeps it honest. Um but loves all of her grandkids, but really loves Poppy. And um yeah, I think she's great. She's like always there providing like the <laughs> the real talk to her daughter. Like I liked it. I like that they kept her so involved in the in the whole story. Yeah. Um, so the reason that Rosie thinks Carmelo likes Poppy a whole lot is because growing up, uh Carmelo had two daughters, Rosie and Poppy. And Poppy was, you know, she died of cancer at 10 years old. So it seems like they're Jewish because the way that Claude picked the name Poppy is because he had said. Did you say it seems like they're Jewish? Yes, because the way that Claude picked Poppy as his new name was because um, Carmelo had said. Jews pick names from based on like somebody that's dead that had died before. And even though he never knew Poppy, he really loved her. So that's how he got her name. So maybe, maybe they're Jewish. I don't know, but he said Jews pick their names like that. That was like the only little thing. I think there's, I don't know. It's cool. But anyways, that, yeah, that's one of the reasons why Carmelo is so close with Poppy um, is because I definitely think uh, Carmelo sees her daughter, her daughter Poppy, in her granddaughter yeah. Poppy. Um, so when they moved, actually throughout the whole thing, they never really planned on keeping Claude a secret. Um, but once they get to Seattle, that's the game that it is. And there was a really sad part when they're unpacking and they had originally put up all the pictures of you know baby Claude with the rest of the brothers and all this kind of stuff and one day they took them all down and they're like we can't have these pictures up of Claude until we have a story straight a story and we can't have people over here because they would have neighbors over and stuff like that they'd be like where's your fourth boy why don't you have any pictures of Poppy as a girl or young girl like a baby um so they said it was accident plus special circumstances right when they when they finally get to seattle and it's a secret do you think Penn and rosie were hypocrites for keeping poppy's secret and expecting the rest of the family to do the same because we find out later that it was an extremely difficult secret for all of the family to keep we find out that every one of the boys had told someone 
And Rosie obviously told mm-hmm. the neighbors, and we don't know if Penn had ever told anyone, but it just seemed like a secret that no one could really keep, and none of the boys cared. Like, they never told maliciously. They just didn't care. Like, the fact that Poppy was clawed at one point was just life, and it wasn't, you know, one way or the other to them. So it didn't feel like something they should be keeping, a secret and it just became this big thing that like they constantly had to be careful of because for them it was normal saying yeah it was just exactly what what it always was so do you think Penn and Rosie are hypocrites for expecting the whole family to to lie and to say you know you have to accept your sister Poppy but the rest of the world we we don't have to you know we don't have to work with that with the rest of the world or the people in our lives. We don't have to make them also accept it. We just have to keep I it I think secret. it goes back to, like, the whole choosing one kid over the other thing. I think, yes, they were definitely hypocrites, but it is what it is, and that's what they had to do, and that's what they felt at that time would be good for Poppy. Because, because yes, at one point... We do find out that everyone um, told somebody in one way or or another. And there was a big like, oh shit moment when they were at this barbecue and, you know, the boys are kind of just playing like, oh, you know, my phone used to be so-and-so and and my phone, like just this random kind of game. And Orion shouts out, Poppy used to be a boy. And like everybody like freezes. Like, oh, crap. Like, the family. The family, but no one else. Because everyone else ha, was, ha, like, ha. thinking it's the continuation yeah. of the game. So that was, like, an oh, shit moment. Mm-hmm. And then another moment that I was just very mad at Mr. Smart Guy Pants, Ben. He wants to get into mm-hmm. Cayenne's pants, which Cayenne is the oh, neighbor. That was the dumbest the telling. Is the neighbor girl. The older yeah, neighbor girl. Yeah, and so yeah. He, he's, like being like oh yes I love you and she's like oh do you want me to love you too then you have to prove it to me by sharing a secret and he tells her and I was so mad at him like she's yeah so that was dumb. the lamest that was the lamest one telling yeah when are you gonna do them um so eventually the secret comes out all the boys think it was them who was the one who, like, really got the secret out. But we find out later it was, like, the next-door neighbor parents had, like, talked about it so loud that the babysitter so-and-so heard. And then that person told another person. And then everyone told. So then everyone found out that Poppy had a penis. And she gets ostracized at school for a few days. And it's a really big deal to her. And her best friend, the little next-door neighbor... Is like, I don't want to be your friend anymore. Because you didn't tell me the secret. And so Poppy, yeah, because you didn't tell me the secret. Not because you are used to be a boy, but because you didn't tell me. And Poppy thinks her life is over. Complete meltdown initiated. And I think this is where I was going with, like, if they would have introduced her more to, like, the reality that people aren't always going to be nice to you. People aren't always going to accept it people aren't always going to be looking out for your emotions that maybe this wouldn't have been such a big deal. But what happened was Poppy goes home, cuts off all her hair, dresses in boy clothes, and then doesn't want to go to school anymore because this was impacted her so much. And like 
really fucked her up. <laughs> so she's like done. And she's like, I'm not going back to school. I'm Claude again. And goes back to Claude and then only eats cereal. And I was like. And Claude, Claude, yeah, like I mentioned sucks. earlier, was this big depressed boy the entire time. And Poppy was yeah. very happy. So mm-hmm. Poppy goes back mm-hmm. to Claude. Um, anyways, at that point in the story, Rosie has an opportunity to go to Thailand and she ends up bringing Claude Claude or Poppy. And it's a really awkward thing of like, do I call you Claude? Do I call you Poppy? And she's like, I don't care who you are. Just, I want to know what to call you. And they go to Thailand and Poppy kind of has this little like awakening, which is really great. Like what a good spot for them to go. I've never actually been to Thailand, but, uh, the author describes it as a very progressive, like gender mm-hmm. fluid place because they believe in um, because of their Buddhism and like past lives and stuff like that because of the Buddhism. So there's everywhere you go, there's a bathroom for boys, there's a bathroom for girls, and then there's a middle. bathroom for mm-hmm. both middle. And that's how it's described. And Poppy or Claude, they go back and forth during this time uh, try to figure out like why is it so normal over mm-hmm. here for this to be the thing and nowhere else or or why don't people understand and I feel like my my only faux pas with the whole story was like pa- pa- I know Poppy's really young in the she's story 10. she's 10 but yeah 10 um at the at the end of the story but Poppy never really understands or like is explained like how this, you know, how this is going to interact with the rest of the world, mm-hmm. you know, because the parents protect and shield her from literally everything, every decision she's shielded from, every choice that the family makes, every, everything is shielded from Poppy. Like Poppy wasn't ever involved in any of these choices or these things that are going to affect the whole family. And I just didn't like that. I didn't like that Poppy was like excluded from decisions pertaining to Poppy and the whole family. And in turn, I felt like that kind of breeds naivety in anyone. So it's like, you're raising Poppy to be naive about things. And, um, you know, if maybe if Poppy knew that like, what she was isn't like a bad thing and she can tell people about it. This wouldn't have been like such a bad issue. Like maybe she would have felt more comfortable telling her best friend, like this is how, this is what happened. I was born. Hide, hide, hide everything. It was hide, hide, hide and be weird about your secret and, and all this stuff. Like the mom, Rosie kept saying like, Oh, like where are you going to change? And Poppy was just like, I don't, I'm just going to change. And I just felt like if, if they had more, more in depth conversations about this kind of thing, not between mom and dad, but between the whole family, Poppy would have been more prepared. And like one of the weirdest kind of creepy things that I thought happened in this book was pen shopping for vaginas, (laughs) like vagina shopping online for, I think Poppy was like eight at this point in the story. And, Rosie like said this is weird like you're being weird mm-hmm. right now and it was I thought it was weird like why are you shopping for vaginas when Poppy has never said I want to get rid of like what yeah. I have Poppy had never mentioned that you know so I was like why are-? it I seems it was, like 
I thought it was funny. I don't know what's going on, but I was just like, why are you shopping for vaginas for an eight-year-old? And that's kind of what Rosie said, too, is like, why are you shopping for vaginas for our eight-year-old? And Penn is just, like, so supportive. It's a little too, I thought it was funny. Seattle dad. I was like, all right. um, Rosie walks in, and he's shopping for vaginas, and and she's like, please let it be porn. I was like, yeah. oh my God. Because she doesn't want to have that conversation yeah. yet. And the only thing that like I felt weird about it was the fact that Poppy had never mentioned yeah. wanting mm-hmm. something like that. And the dad just kind of goes for it. And I'm like, all right, well, maybe we should talk to Poppy about it. See what prepared. Poppy wants. Like, I feel like a lot of the times, I, I feel like a lot of the times it was just the parents talking, making decisions, and leaving yeah. Poppy out of it. That was my biggest faux pas. So... So did you, I think one of the biggest things that always makes or breaks the book for us is the ending. Did you, did it end Mm -hmm. properly for you? Because yes, they had this adventure in Thailand, you know, Rosie helped in the clinic and Claude taught English because at the time he was still Claude. When he came back to the U.S., he went back to being Poppy and he grew his hair a little bit. And it ended with, like, them, mm-hmm. Poppy, going to the elementary, fifth grade dance before Valentine's Day dance and dancing with this yeah. guy that really apologized for spreading rumors about her. So did it end well mm-hmm. for you? Did you like the ending? I think uh, it wasn't amazing, but I felt like it was a nice, neat bow to wrap at the end of the story. Um yeah, I'm not going to, like, write home about the ending. It didn't blow my socks off, but it wasn't bad by any means for me, for, like, where I thought the story was going to go and where it ended up going. I was like, okay, that's that's nice that the boy apologized and she ends up going to the dance. And we just don't get – because it's a story told by Rosie in Rosie's mind, we don't really get to know what, like, Poppy is actually thinking. Um, I think maybe, like, an epilogue where you're in Poppy's brain would have been – yeah. Cool. I don't know. What did, what did you think about the ending? I thought, like, kind of like you said, I thought it was very much an appropriate ending. It wasn't, like, 10 years in the future or anything. I thought it was appropriate. And it was an overall mm-hmm. a family affair kind of thing. So I liked that at the end they were, you know, going back to normal-ish as a family. And except now everybody knew the secret. So I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, so based on all of that, I'm going to rate the book and I, yes, you asked me last night, you're like, Oh, what'd you rate the book? And I, I wanted to tell you, but I didn't know because I wasn't done with it yet. Um, and I'm going to give this four and a half stars. I was so close to five. I was so close to five. And the only reason that I didn't like give it five stars was because the whole like Thailand thing, it was kind of drawn out a little bit too much for me. And there was a lot of uh, nuances here and there that weren't really important. I really liked um, something that we didn't talk about in our discussion was Penn telling the kids about the the 
Adventures of Grimwald and how he sold the book at the end. Um, so I really liked all of that. I thought it was a very well-written book. I really, really enjoyed it. And I would definitely read another book by, um, I can't see that. I would definitely read another book by Lori Frankel because her writing style, yeah, her writing She's got style another book. Was, I thought was really great. I really liked it. Just the the, the whole Thailand Let's thing. Put was, it, I think the other yeah. book is called One, Two, Three. Let's put it on the books because I mm-hmm. also enjoyed it. It took me a second to get into the writing style, but the story was like, just not, it didn't feel like a story I was going to be this into, but I got really, it, mm-hmm. I really got into the story. I also gave it 4.5 stars. Um, yeah, my really big faux pas with it was just like raising Poppy and the naivety and just leaving her out of the decisions. And I don't know. That was my only big faux pas, but I guess it's, that's what the story was. It was and all And I would like parents. to say though, that so. the narrator for the audiobook was amazing. I loved all of the voices. It was such a mm, great yes. book mm-hmm. to listen to. It was, it was awesome. It was. Yeah. Good, good, uh, good book reader. Yes. Bad reviews. Um, that was a lot. So this one was, was really hard. <laughs> it was. This one was hard to pick bad reviews for because people would either just put one star, no review, like nothing. They'd just be like, one, one star. Or they would write a whole freaking essay and it would be like, almost a page long of a bad review. And, you know, we try to keep it short and simple, like a paragraph for your bad review. Um, so it's very difficult to find the medium <laughs> bad review where it's not just like one star and they're like, all right, done, one star. And it wasn't like, this book is going to send you to hell. And this is why. Palms 2014 states, like, that was a lot of them. And I was like, oh, gosh. Well, could have called. Could have called that one was going to come out, you know. I like your accent. You got the first bad review. You gave him. (laughs) I don't even know what accent it is. Southern white man. Okay. That's what it was. Um, That's just my go-to accent. That's also my Wisconsin man accent, too. So, as a refresher, bad reviews is a segment where we read one-star reviews from Goodreads based on the book that we we just read. So, Susan... Oh, Susan. She said about this book, I felt this book was a self-indulgent carnival ride for the author who enjoyed her fictional characters so much that there was nothing left for me. Too precious by half. Anyone interested in the subject of gender assignment would be well advised to check out the book. And here's where she puts in a uh, recommendation. Another book Becoming Nicole, which is a nonfiction account of what a mother just. What a mother discovered when her child experienced the same things the author did. It's a much better take on the subject. Okay, this wasn't a gender reassignment story. It was the story of a family and what the parents did. So I think Susan. That was fiction. Susan's wrong. But it it wasn't marketed that way. I think it's fine. And I looked up that book. No, no, no. It's it's a fiction. This is yeah. a fiction story. And it's a story about a family who keeps a secret. And that's what the this, this story was really focused on was like the the secret keeping and how that kind of like yeah. fractured the family. Becoming Nicole does look like a good read 
if you're looking for a true account of this, like if you're trying to get more take on gender and, and trans and all that kind of stuff with children, I, I don't know. I haven't read it, but it looked like that would be a good book for you. But this, come on, Susan. Yeah. It's, it's a fiction book. All right. Okay. So uh, Jackie also rated it one star, did not like it. She says, I guess Jackie could also be a guy. Uh, Jackie says, great subject matter, terrible writing. It took me weeks to finish the book. Writing was so bad. The character development for most of the kids was extremely lacking. So it was difficult to really understand their motivations, attitudes toward Claude slash Poppy. Claude slash Poppy, him slash herself, also didn't really feel like a real person since there was so much of his, her actions, thoughts through... Oh, sorry. Since so much of his or her actions, thoughts were so age inappropriate. Word choice, for example. And the storyline time frame was inconsistent. Things like Poppy, quote, completely forgetting, quote, she had Claude and had boy parts were months later just seeming totally unrealistic. And I would kind of agree with Jackie there was yeah. the naivety that they wrote into the children sometimes. And yeah, but it's a story about Rosie. It's a story about Rosie family. and yeah. her family. And that's what it was about. It wasn't, it wasn't from the point of view it's of not, Claude yeah. Poppy. It exactly. was Rosie. But so, yeah, I mean, I can see where people want that point of view and I'm sure there's other books that we could find. Um, but this one had just, it, it had already been on my list and Jessica saw that it was also like a book that talked about trans, um, you know, topics. And so we wanted to, we wanted to do this one for our, our pride month and I'm glad we did this one. It was a very oh, thought provoking yeah, sure. Did you cry at all? I, I would, I'm going to assume no. Yeah. No. <laughs> No, no, I didn't. But it was very thought provoking. And normally I don't do a whole lot of research on things post reading a book that's fictional. You know, like there's no reason for me to like look into things after a fictional book. But I was kind of like interested on it in a few things because it kind of like piqued my interest in like, oh, well, what are the, you know, what are the theories and thoughts around trans folks in sports? What are the thoughts and theories around trans folks in shared bathroom spaces in schools? Uh, I've never really looked into these things. And there's a lot of mean-spirited people oh, if yeah. you go looking for that kind of that. stuff on, like, I just went on YouTube. So I was just kind of doing minor Minors. YouTube looking up and things like that. But I did, I did look into like, I don't know. I went, I don't know why I stuck in the hole of like when I started looking into this about um, specifically trans athletes, but I think there's just a lot of, uh, there's a lot of news, mm-hmm. hot, hot topics, click worthy mm-hmm. titles uh, that really get people like fired up about the whole thing. Um, so I was like, listening to a few people talk about it. And there was one person, um, a transgender scientist and runner, Joanna Harper. And listening to her, she she didn't have a TED talk or anything like that. She has a few like interviews 
And I thought she was a very level-headed, uh, science-based uh, source. Source, yeah. Talk. I, she, yeah, source, source. Because um, you know, I saw some older videos from uh, her, and she was just like, "Well, right now, there's there's not the data to support one way or the other, so I just can't make a choice." And then later, as more data and science is collected. Uh, she's basically saying, like, when trans athletes do the necessary hormonal therapy or whatever it is, they compete at the biological similar level as their, like, non-trans counterparts, and there should be no reason to oh. not allow them to compete. And I, So I was like, yeah. If that, you're interested you in this sense. Like, topic, uh, Jess will put the link to this article or the talk on our website for it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll link some stuff if, if people are interested. Um, but yeah, I was just yeah. kind of looking, looking around. I thought it was interesting. And, and I, I think, I think this year there's the first trans female on mm-hmm. an Olympic team oh, wow. this year. I might be lying about that, but I think the first one is this year for the next Olympics or whatever, the next Olympics that's happening. Um, so that's a pretty big, pretty big deal for, for the trans community. And I think it's, it's pretty interesting that it did take this long to finalize like the type of science that they wanted to have to back that being, you know, in the Olympics. Um, but it just goes to show like, we just need to, talk about things more and make people comfortable. more, you know, comfortable with different things happening. Cause there's just so many freaking people in the universe. Obviously there's going to be different options yeah. out there. Um, next week. Sue. Yeah. Next so, week. Next week. Birthday next girl. Week. Oh gosh. Okay. We are doing the book. She's going to be so old. With the fire on high <laughs> by Elizabeth Acevedo. And like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, it's also my 29th birthday. Um, last Grandma. year in my 20s. So we'll definitely be drinking next week Woo-hoo. because. Yeah, Big time. That'll be. Who knows? You might even be able to celebrate with my Christopher who's stuck in Louisville. So <laughs> you could have him for your birthday. If you need a personal chef, I'll send him over. He does not have a vehicle in Louisville. So you'd have to actually pick up your personal shop. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> hopefully he's back before then, honestly. I'm trying to buy I'm trying to buy some property. As always, don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts on any device. <laughs> Connect with us on uh, Instagram. We're, we're pretty happening there. Hip. We post a lot there. Facebook. Not so much, but we're still there. We're a presence. TikTok, Jessica's been all over it. So check those out. Send us an email or go on our website and tell us anything you want to tell us. Suggest a book, whatever you want. Um, We would love to hear from you. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.